Are you a strong, independent woman who's passionate about her career? Then this podcast is perfect for you. Based on her book, The Career Woman's Secret Playbook, career coach Dr. Dawn Hamby shares the kind of insider secrets you can only know if you've hired, fired, and promoted employees over the past 30 years. Ladies, I'm on a mission to help busy women just like you create a career and life you love without sacrificing your work-life balance to get it. Come join me as we inspire and motivate each other only as women can and have lots of fun along the way. With Dr. Dawn's tools, strategies, and action steps, you can unleash your personal and professional power in a whole new way. Here's today's episode. everyone, it's Dr. Dawn, your host of the Career Woman's Secret Playbook Podcast, and welcome to episode 34. I am so glad you found this podcast because you guys, today's topic for us career ladies especially is very important. You know that we get overwhelmed all the time because we put ourselves last, don't we? (laughs) We definitely try to multitask and oftentimes without meaning to, we get overwhelmed because we are spreading ourselves way too thin. So today's episode is going to help you out with that. Now, if you're a loyal listener, thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for not only being a loyal listener, but so many of you have hit that subscribe button. You've given us five-star reviews and been kind enough to leave reviews. Now, if you're new here, I'm so excited you found this podcast. I am 100% convinced that this is going to help you on your career journey. And it's not because I'm a little biased because it's my podcast, but it's really because you guys, this has been my life's work, helping people feel more joy for their work, which then definitely spills over into their personal life. So if you are new, or if you didn't know this, I want you to get plugged in by getting over to our website, downloading all kinds of free resources I've got for you that I've customized to help you have a better day. In fact, one of my favorites is what to do when your office is driving you nuts. That's right, ladies. This helps you take control of your workday. You know, kind of like take charge of the things you can control. So you're going to love this cheat sheet. Head over to the website. I'll put the links in the show notes below. But on the website, I also have some other resources you guys need to check out. One of them is about how to take charge of your life. It's called Uncovering the CEO Within. It's like a quick tip sheet that you can download and you can check that out anytime (laughs) you're feeling like you're not in charge. Now, speaking of being in charge, you guys, you know that's a big philosophy here at Shop Talk. If you've been listening a while or if you've been watching us on YouTube, hey YouTube, welcome back to my channel. But either way, you guys know I'm a huge believer in making sure that you're taking control and taking charge of your life, both professionally and personally. Are there things that just slap up upside the head and we have no control over? Absolutely. But you guys, it's a lot less than you might think. You really have so much more control over your professional and personal life than you realize. And you guys know I love helping you with that. So if you're interested in helping yourself kind of take things up a notch, or maybe you just need 
some help in certain areas, be sure to check out our Taking Charge series on our website. You can actually do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me or a DIY program. For those of you that are do-it-yourselfers, I have a virtual program. You can check that out, you guys. It is awesome. It's going to help you with increasing your CEO mindset. So again, you just kind of feel like you are in the driver's seat like you should be. I also help you with reigniting your passion for your work and your personal life. We also look at uncovering your grit so you can become unstoppable. And last but definitely not least, we talk about time management. And by the way, I also cover all that for you in the Career Woman's Secret Playbook. That's the book that our podcast is based on. But remember, on the podcast, we're going to cover even more topics and take a deeper dive on everything. So again, I'm so glad you're here. I just wanted to make sure you could plug in to those free resources because ladies, you deserve it. And I've got some awesome stuff for you. All right, you guys, let's get to it. Let's start talking about the ways that we can multitask without driving ourselves nuts and spreading ourselves too thin. All right, you ready? Let's go. Now, as we know, in the world of women, multitasking, man, it really is something that we are not only naturally pretty good at, but we know if not done correctly, it can definitely lead to burnout. That's why I'm so excited you're here as we dive into this very important topic today. Now, another thing that I want you to be thinking about when it comes to multitasking it's not just that you realize as a queer woman that you could do many things at the same time. And like I said earlier, that you probably can do them pretty well. But the world of professionalism really does seem to reward people who can multitask, right? You see examples of that all the time. The person who's hurrying down, you know, that hallway, cell phone in one hand, briefcase in the other, struggling with trying to balance a cup of coffee and looking like they're so busy. Are they? <laughs> Well, they're busy getting down that hallway, but there can be a lot of misconceptions about multitasking. It can be seen as a pretty great skill, but now, and in fact, over the past few years, people are realizing that it can actually not only lead to that burnout we talked about before, but in many cases, it can decrease productivity because you're not able to focus on any one task very well. So we're going to talk about that as well as getting to some very important tips I cannot wait to share with you guys. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know I normally give you around five tips. This topic is so important, you guys, I'm giving you seven. We're going to go over seven tips. I want you to see that seven is a lucky number, like hitting the jackpot, and you're going to hit the jackpot for sure if you follow these seven strategies today so that you don't end up burning yourself out, spreading yourself so thin, and like I said, feeling overwhelmed. That's the last thing we need as busy career professionals right ladies? So let's get started with our first tip. I want you to prioritize with purpose. 
In other words, I really want you to think about what are the most important tasks you really need to get done. Now, in previous episodes, I've talked about the to-do list. I'll put a link here for that. You definitely need to think about your top priorities. In other words, those top to-dos that really do need to get done. And don't forget, if you remember that episode about to-do lists and how to create one that's not going to drive you crazy and make you depressed, you want to focus on a certain number of tasks in the morning and a certain number in the afternoon. But regardless, you need to prioritize those. And then make it fun for yourself. As you go through those tasks, take a red pen or marker if you've got it or highlighter and check those off. And that way, at the end of the day, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel like I was busy, but I don't feel like I got anything done. Well, you can check out your to-do list and see with probably a big smile on your face that you probably got more done than you realized. And when you do prioritize those goals, keep in mind that you want to also stay very connected to your big picture. For example, in my office, yes, I have a daily planner, but I also take a look at the entire week and how that relates to the entire month. Then on one whole side of my office, I'll see if I can find a picture. And if I can, I'm going to insert it in the YouTube version of the podcast. But I have an entire wall that is a dry eraser calendar for the entire year. You guys, I love planning out some big events for the year, especially my vacation time with my family and friends, because it's something you can look forward to. You can take a look at all 12 months at a quick glance and see when the holidays are coming up. And like I said, special events. And not only does it give you sort of that extra pep in your step, because you can visually see that you have that to look forward to, but it helps me plan out my goals for each quarter. So I can look at the next three months, let's say, and say, okay, that's where I want to be. And it's really great to have it for the whole year because then you can literally break it up into four quarters, just like you would in an office setting and say, okay, this is what I want to get done in quarter one, quarter two, etc. So think about that. Okay, guys, moving on to tip number two, and it's actually step number two, because I really want you to complete these in this order if you can. You'll see that each one kind of builds upon the other. So step number two is to create a master schedule. Why? Because in step number one, you've now prioritized what you need to get done first. Now with the master schedule, what you're going to do is you're going to build in blocks of time. For example, if you realize that you have better focus in the morning than you do in the afternoon, then the morning time would probably be the time that you're going to need for concentrated work when you have to be your most focused, right? So when I'm working one-on-one with clients, we're going to take a look at their energy cycles and their, you know, preferences because I want you to do your most concentrated work when you're going to feel your best, when you're going to have the most energy, If you're an extrovert, for example, you're going to be fueled. You're going to get more energy when you're around people. But if you're the kind of person where your energy dips a little bit in the afternoon, maybe that's the best time to schedule meetings with people or phone calls if you are, in fact, say, an extrovert. 
Because remember, you get fueled by people, so that would be the best time to schedule a meeting. Even if it's a lunch meeting, you're going to have a renewed energy when you get back to the office. So when you create that master schedule, really consider your own natural rhythms and make sure that those tasks are kind of lining up with those. All right, moving on to step number three. This one is all about batching similar tasks. So remember when I talked about phone calls earlier and concentrated work? Those can be two very different things. When you batch similar tasks, and let's say, let's start with the phone calls. If you plan on making five phone calls that day, in terms of your productivity, and there's brain research to support this, you guys. You will be more efficient and you will do better over the phone. You'll have more energy even and be more engaging in that phone call, whether it's an old-fashioned phone call or a Zoom call, some sort of virtual platform. Either way, if you plan on doing that, let's say from one to two or one to three, say you need a one to two hour block of time to get all that done. You will actually do much better if you knock it all out at the same time because it is a similar task. You know, your energy and your focus really is pulled away when you go from one activity to a completely different one. So let's say you need to draft a proposal. You're going to need concentrated work. You don't want to be interrupted by phone calls. So that's why creating the master schedule in the previous step is important. And then batching similar tasks would be the next step because you want to do your very best. I want that for you. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed and you will feel that way. If you feel like a tennis ball in some sort of match, just, you know, back and forth, back and forth, you're going to feel like you're spreading yourself too thin in that case because that just that mental drain on your energy is definitely going to be there if you feel like that tennis ball going back and forth across that court <laughs> okay so i want you to feel like you're bringing your a game to the office and batching your tasks will not only help you do that it's going to be a real efficient use of your time all right, let's move on to step number four. This one is all about setting boundaries. You guys know I'm a big fan of setting boundaries, both in your professional life and your personal one. Well, here's another example. Because you have all of these priorities that you're trying to get done, you're trying to multitask without spreading yourself too thin, this is where you're going to need to let people know that you're going to need focused time at different times of the day. So again, let your colleagues know. If you have an assistant that's working with your team, let them know. Take a message and you'll get back to them as soon as you can. In fact, disable the cell phone and the computer from constantly going off during this time. You know, there's been lots of studies that show that email ping, that sound that you hear when you get an email can actually be very, very distracting, especially if you have trouble concentrating. So there are some companies that have actually taken that right off of their computers. You can do that yourself, actually. I do actually recommend that to my clients who are struggling with staying focused. And what you can do instead is just have a commitment as to when you answer your emails. I recommend checking your emails 
right after you look at your to-do list. Do not check them first thing in the morning. I have whole episodes about that. I can talk about that also in another episode if you'd like. But there's whole books written about this subject that you should not check email first thing in the morning. You want to review your to-do list so that somebody else's priorities don't become your priorities. Okay? Now, do you need to be able to return emails efficiently? Of course you do. But look at your to-do list first then check your emails, and then check them at least three other regular times during the workday. Maybe before you go to lunch, right after you come back from lunch, and then right before you wrap up at the end of the day. That's my recommendation. It works very well. You will get time to respond to those emails while still being able to multitask. Also, when you set those boundaries, oh my goodness, you're going to feel like you have so much more control of your day because guess what, ladies? You do. You've now created that for yourself just with these few steps. Okay, guys, moving on to step number five. In step number five, I want you to use your technology wisely. I already gave you an earlier tip about disabling that ping when your email comes in. But also remember that it's not just email. It definitely can be your cell phone going off for personal reasons. Do you need to be available? Perhaps you have an aging parent or young children. Absolutely. But again, there's ways that you can do that where it's not interrupting your work. If you really are on a deadline and you need to be able to concentrate, then ask a coworker. If you don't have an assistant, just ask a coworker to take messages for you if they have a minute or let the school know or the nurse that might be working with your mom that during these two hours, you're going to be unavailable. But if they need to get a hold of somebody in your office, here's who they can call. Because if it's a true emergency, then absolutely they can interrupt you. If you plan ahead like that, then it's going to help you so much. And by you having someone that can be standby for you, guess what? You can then return the favor to that colleague who also might be spreading themselves too thin and they'll really appreciate that you're willing to help them out when they need it. Plus, doesn't it feel good to help someone anyway? All right, you guys, let's move on to step number six. Step number six is about practicing mindfulness. See, now that you've gone through the first five steps, at this point, you're going to need to take a little break throughout the workday. I really encourage my clients to definitely practice this. Oh my goodness, can it reboot your energy, give you a whole new zest? So it can be many different things. It could be a quick meditation. There are some great apps you can use for that. Talk about technology. You can definitely access that through different apps or even through YouTube. It could be, like I said, a great meditation where you can visualize, you know, the mountains or the beach, something like that. Or you could walk outside for maybe five, 10 minutes, take a quick walk, especially if the weather is really nice that day. So definitely weather permitting. Or maybe there's a favorite novel you're reading right now and you could step outside. Maybe your office has a patio and again, weather permitting, you could step outside and just read something for fun and just give yourself a break. Whatever you choose to do, practicing mindfulness can really help. It not only gives you a break, but it's going to help you concentrate on the task at hand. 
Multitasking doesn't mean you're doing everything all at the same time. It just means that you're trying to get multiple projects done at the same time. So again, you can multitask in an efficient way that doesn't drain your energy. And that's, of course, why we're talking about it on today's episode. All right, moving on to our last tip of the day, our last step, step number seven. There's that lucky number seven, because as I said in the intro, I believe you are definitely going to win the jackpot if you follow these seven steps today. And step number seven is about learning how to say no. It's similar to setting a boundary, isn't it? Because we know on this podcast, you hear me preach this all the time, that self-care is not selfish. I also have an episode on my YouTube channel. (laughs) I love the title of this one. It's called No is a Complete Sentence. Okay? It really is. Technically, it can be. So the reason saying no is so important, and especially for women, there's all kinds of examples of where women struggle with this in greater numbers. In fact, it's the reason I wrote my first book for career women and not just men and women both, because I saw my female staff struggle with work-life balance in much bigger numbers. It's something that I think we can learn from our male counterparts out there because they, in general, do tend to do a better job about this. Now, of course, society supports that in greater numbers. Even in this modern age, women do seem to still have the burden sometimes of carrying more on their shoulders. We also tend to be caretakers in greater numbers. And although I love being a caretaker to my mom and I love being able to have the privilege of being a very active mom myself in my daughter's life, I did see firsthand that that fell to me in a much greater way than it would perhaps to my male counterparts out there. So that's a blessing, but it can also be a true hardship if we don't learn to say no, set those healthy boundaries, and definitely ask for help when we need it. You need to do that, not just for yourself. Now, listen to me here. You can tell them, Dr. Dawn, you can blame me. Blame Dr. Dawn. She is telling you that it is okay to prioritize your own sense of self, your own mental well-being, your health, all these things, because you're not going to be good to anybody anyway if you don't take care of yourself. And saying no oftentimes is saying yes to yourself. So remember, if you're feeling that guilt and you're worried about not being the best employee, the best mom, the best wife, the best partner, the best daughter, friend, you name it, it may be because you've not been following these seven steps. And that's another reason I'm so excited that you're here today. You either needed to listen to this message because you're struggling with this, or you're already knocking it out of the park on a couple of these, but perhaps by giving you seven steps instead of just a few, you've learned something new today that you can put in practice right now. Now, don't forget to comment. Speaking about comments, I want to create a dialogue between you and I. We're building a community of amazing professional women who subscribe to this podcast. And it can be more of a dialogue the more often that you comment, either on your podcast platform or on my YouTube channel. So be sure to do both, you guys. I would love to hear how your week goes and how things go with these seven steps. 
Put this into practice today and I promise you, you're going to have a wonderful next week. As soon as you do that, you're going to have a bright future ahead of you. I promise you, if you do put these kinds of steps in place right now, you deserve it. I know you can do it. Let me know again how it goes. And I look forward to you joining us next week. But before I let you go, don't forget our motto here at Shop Talk and it's this. If you're not having a fantastic day, you have the power to make it work. I know our episode is over, but this is just the beginning. If you're ready to take action but don't know where to start, just head over to drdawnshoptalk.com for lots of free resources, ways to work together, and for even more. Subscribe to the Dr. Dawn Shop Talk YouTube channel. Remember, ladies, you don't have to take this journey alone. I've got you covered. Till next time.